Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. If you're ready to scale your business but you're not sure where to start, you can take my free two-minute quiz to find out your agency owner persona and uncover how you can use your strengths to scale and streamline your business without compromising you and sacrificing your life. You can head over to the show notes for the link. It is sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of Business Your Way. So glad to have you here today. And if you are new to the podcast, welcome along. I'm Sandra. So glad that you have tuned in. Anything that you hear today or hear on any episodes and you want to chat with me more about it or you've got some more questions or you just want to reach out, there is a link in the show notes. You can leave me a video message or a simple old voice message or even a text. I would really love to hear from you. I'm always interested in producing podcast episodes that will help you, that will answer questions you've got about how you are growing and scaling your service-based business. But today, the topic that we're going to dive into is how do you manage clients as you are going through growth in your business? Especially, I suppose, when you are going from that sole trader, freelancer type of business into more of an agency model. This can be a really big step with so many moving parts in your business. There is so many things to think about, but your big first question on your mind is probably, how do you find and recruit the right person? That process in itself brings up so many questions. I mean, you might already have a VA that helps you with some of your admin. You might also have engaged a bookkeeper already to take care of your accounting. But now you're at capacity with your client work. And you know that if your business is going to keep growing and that you have the ability to take on these clients that keep coming your way, you know that you need to have some help and you need to employ someone who's going to help you with the service delivery to your clients. 
Because I think when you hire what we might classify as admin help, you don't really disclose that to anybody. You don't need to tell your clients that, oh, you've now got a VA which has freed up your time to do more client work or that you've got, you know, a bookkeeper or whatever kind of admin staff that you've brought on board. You don't really announce that to anybody. They just come in the back end and they help you be more productive, they give you more time to do the client work. But that will be up into a point in your business where you either have to decide that you want to carry on being the sole trader and there is just you and there are many successful businesses who do just that or you have to decide that you want to keep growing and it's time to bring on that client services help. So you need to grow the your fulfillment team, I suppose that's another way to put it, and grow a team of people around you that will do the client work. This can be a very scary point in your business, especially if you have made that decision that you are ready to grow your business from a sole trader into an agency model where you are continuing to do the done for your services for the client, which could also be consulting services. But you want to carry on doing the done for you services for your clients. So you need to move into this agency model. But it's likely that this raises more questions and more worry and more unsureness and there's a little bit of that imposter syndrome that creeps in here and you start to think well who am I to you know run an agency or uh, I don't even know how to manage staff like that's not me or all of these emotions and feelings and thoughts start to bubble up inside of you when you get to this point in your business but if you are clear around the way that you want to grow your business and you are clear that you don't want to continue to be doing all of the client work and that you have got other bigger goals in your business journey to do, then starting down this path of moving into the agency model might just bring up a few questions around how do I relinquish the client relationship to another person? And will I lose clients if they don't get me doing the work? And if I bring on another person to help me, then will I need to increase my prices? How much supervision will someone need from me? Because I know many of us have the expectation whereby if we bring on a staff member, we want them to be up and running really quickly and we want them to be independent, we want them to just get on and do their work and need very little supervision or direction from us. But the actual reality is that this is your business. Someone might come into your business, you might employ the right person with the right skills into your business, but that doesn't mean to say that they know how your business operates. They don't know how you like to operate. They don't know how you like to serve your clients, how you like to deliver your work. That all needs to be learnt when they come into their business. 
So when you employ someone, you are employing them with what I would say is a set of core skills that you will need them to know in order to execute the job. But the other layer onto that is they need to learn your way of operating your business, your way of managing your clients and your way of delivering your service. So initially, this is going to take some time by you to supervise their work. So I want to dive into that in this podcast as well around when to hand over clients to your team and when to maintain that point of contact yourself. So that is one of the points I'll dive into in a minute. But there's probably also other feelings and emotions and thoughts that are bubbling up around making this transition into your agency model. Because the other biggest fear that I see solopreneurs, you know, voicing is what if the work dies down? What if I can't sustain enough work to meet the payroll of, you know, the team that I've got on board? And to be honest with you, this is part of business. Like we we go through seasons in our business where we have to employ more people. And then sometimes there are seasons when we have to release people. You know, during my journey in business, I've had to do that horrible task of making people redundant. It's not a fun place to be in, but in order to continue to keep your business alive, those are some decisions that you have to make sometimes. So, But don't let that hold you back from employing your next person to help you. It's about knowing when to employ and be ready for that point and know how to keep the new clients rolling in the door so you can continue to make payroll. But that's getting off on a bit of a side tangent than what I wanted to talk about today. So I might put that down as a topic for us to talk about in future topics, you know, about how do we ensure that we have got enough work coming in the door that we can meet payroll every week and every month and be sustainable about that. So park that for another episode. But let's dive into what I wanted to help you with in this episode, which was going through the growing pains in your business. And they are just that. They're just growing pains. Every business has them. And every time you look to move to the next level in your business, you will have some kind of growing pain. Today, we're looking at the growing pain point of what happens when you need to employ your first team member into the fulfillment side of your business, so into the client delivery side. Firstly, my tip for you is to maintain your client contact. Continue to be your client's main point of contact. And you don't actually have to tell your clients that you've employed a new team member. You know, just like you may not have told them about the VA that you've got or the bookkeeper that you've got, you actually don't have to tell your clients that you've engaged a new team member to help you do the delivery side of the work. You're not necessarily hiding the fact from them, but 
your new employee is there to help you and help to relieve your workload. They're there to help you get through more work and be able to take on more clients. So as long as your existing clients continue to work with you and experience the same level of service that they have always got from you, then I really don't think that there is an absolute need to make a, a big announcement that, you know, you've got a new team member. The clients shouldn't have any control around how you execute their job. So it's up to you how you deliver the outcome that they are seeking. And that's all that should matter in the client relationship is that they've asked you to do a specific job, you've gone away, you're going to do the job and you're going to deliver the outcome back to them. Whether that is you or whether that is one of your team delivering the work, that's part and parcel of business and why they are outsourcing to a contractor and not doing the job in-house. Because you have more expertise as that contractor that they're bringing in for a specialised job. So the client doesn't get to control how you operate your business, how you execute on their work. They just have a say over whether what you're delivering back to them is what meets their expectation and what they were asking for when they briefed you on the job. So to make this real, I wanted to give you a, an ex, a quite a specific example. So imagine you're a graphic designer, and you may well be a graphic designer, but imagine that's what our business is. You've been doing graphic design for clients, just you, but then you engage another graphic designer to help you do some of that design work so you can bring in more clients and manage a bigger workload. You meet with the client, you take the client brief, you're clear on what the job entails, what the outcome that the client is looking for. You head back to your team, you hand over the brief to your team member, your new team member, you know, comes up with the, or delivers on the brief. And then your role as the business owner is to go through that quality assurance process. You're the quality control point over the work before it's delivered back to your client. So then if it's not at the standard that you are used to delivering, that's an opportunity to train your new employee on things that you would do differently in order to get the design to a point where you would feel happy handing that back to the client for them to look at. So as the business owner, in this very early stage of when you're just bringing on your, you know, your first one or two people who are doing your client fulfillment, you get to oversee all of the quality control. You get to decide whether the work is ready to be presented back to the client. And in my opinion, you would want to do this until your new designer is on board with your style and understands your point of difference and how you work and what you expect to deliver back to the client. And then I think once your new designer is on board with the way that you do things, they've gone through a few projects with you, they've seen how you quality control and quality check the work before it's handed back to the client, you might then decide that your designer is now ready 
to take on new client relationships. And your new employee is now ready to manage the client's jobs from the client relationship to the execution and delivery of the final product. You could still have some quality checkpoints in that process, but you know if you've done the training well and you've done that training over a length of time and you've not relinquished the client relationship, well, not handed over the client relationship to your team member until you feel that they're really ready, and this is not an amount of time, this is when you feel that they understand your business enough to be able to manage a client relationship. And the other thing that I would say here to you as well is don't hand over existing client relationships because it's highly likely the client has come to you because they enjoy your relationship with them. So maintain your existing clients and then any new clients that come through the door You can hand those over to, you know, your now highly skilled graphic designer who knows how you operate your business. You can hand over a new client for them to start building that rapport with the new client and delivering the work to the standard that has been established for your design studio. So that was an example that I thought would be kind of easy to understand when it comes to service providers because in some way shape or form if we're not doing graphic design or copywriting or websites or doing consultancy or even event management um, accounting architecture whatever our service business is it's what we are good at because that's why we created our business so to bring on a team we need to train the team in the way that we do business and how we deliver work to clients and we have some standards around how we do that. So that would be my first point is don't be in a hurry to hand over the client relationships to new team members. Get them trained, make sure they understand your business, you are the quality control point in your business and continue to play that role to ensure that you are meeting the standards that you are setting for yourself in your business. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. Alrighty, my second tip for you today is don't make too many changes at once. People really don't like change. Your business will go through many changes as it evolves and grows over time. But it's important to manage the expectations around these changes. Because at some point, you're going to increase your prices. It's inevitable. When we start out as a sole trader and a freelancer, we are charging an hourly rate that is under the benchmark for our industry, usually. But once we start to bring on staff, and whether they're admin staff or fulfillment staff, once we start to bring on staff, we realize that 
our freelancer hourly rate that we were charging is no longer enough to cover all the expenses in the business. So you need to increase your prices. And can I say this? That there's actually no right way or wrong way to increase your prices. There is just the way that you want to do it. So you could raise your price for new clients only. So if you're a service-based business, it's highly likely that you don't advertise your prices publicly, but rather you provide a proposal or you quote for a job. Increasing your prices for new clients makes it easy because they don't know what your prices were before. So they don't know what your prices were yesterday. Your prices went up last night. And now that you are providing a quote to them today, it's at your new price. They've got no idea. So they're not going to know any different. So you could take that approach whereby you only increase your prices for the new clients that come on board. And then existing clients, they only get a price rise to your new prices when they ask you to do new pieces of work. So if you are a business where you just do project work, and so every project that you do for a client, you send a new proposal or a new quote, they sign off of it, and then you get to work. And then they've got a new piece of business for you, you do a new proposal or a new quote, they sign it off, you get to work. So when it comes to that next piece of work or that next project an existing client asks you to do for them and you go through your proposal process, you can put in some new pricing and you can just let them know, my prices have gone up, this is my new price and let them have their proposal. But here's where you have to be aware aware that they could say no. And that's okay, right? Because when I get to my next point that I want to cover off for you, it's clients aren't your clients forever. And we'll dive into that in a short moment. But you have to be okay that your client is going to say no to your new prices. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't have upped your prices or that you should have given that client a discount, or you should have done this or should have done that. That is not on you. You get the right to raise your prices in your business. Your client gets to choose whether they value your work enough to pay that new price. If they choose not to, then that was the appropriate time for that client to leave your services, because if they weren't prepared to pay your new prices, then they're not really valuing the work that you do. And then if you have retainer clients, which is where they pay you a monthly sum, month after month, to do routine tasks in their business, say, then give them notice of the change of your rates. And I would do this across the board for all retainer clients, if you have retainer clients. So you might go out to them and say, next month, give them at least a month's notice. You could give them two months or three months notice. You choose that frequency. But you could give them notice that as of this date, your prices will go up. Now, this will also depend on your contract with that retainer client. So you could decide that at the end of 
the contract with your retainer clients because it's highly likely that you enter into a six-month contract or a 12-month contract for a retainer client. When that contract expires and you go to renegotiate the retainer with the client, you could put your prices up there. So each client gets a staggered, they're staggered over different dates because their contracts expire at different times. So again, you get to decide how you rise your prices here. But go back to your contract. If your contract says that they're fixed into this price for the next, you know, however long, then honour the contract. But the other thing that you could do for retainer clients, which is something I quite like, is you can sweeten the deal. So you might throw in a one-time bonus so they feel valued and that they can see that you value them and that putting your prices up is just part of doing business. But because you value the relationship that you have with them, you could do a one-time bonus. So you could offer them a one-time extra two hours of work or you could do a one-time social media audit. You know, depends on what your business is. But that one-off thing that gives them the something extra from you to say thank you for staying with me and you know taking on my new prices because again once you increase your prices that is an opportunity for clients to end their relationship with you and I think you need to just take that on board when you increase your prices not everyone is going to like it but that shouldn't stop you from doing it the main thing here though is to manage the expectations around the price increase. So you've got to take a look at this from the way that you do business. And then once you've kind of worked out, all right, this is how I'm going to raise my prices. What's my price increase strategy? Once you've decided what that is for your business, then your next job is to manage the client expectations around the raising of your prices. So don't expect that you will just give them a price rise and they will say, cool, no worries, I'm all good with that. Because at some point they'll have a little bit of a pushback. Whether they voice that to you or not, there will be a little bit of pushback. The dynamic of the relationship might change for a little while and you might have to do some massaging and just a little bit extra around that client relationship. But managing the expectations will pay off in the long run. And if a client leaves because they didn't like the price increase, that was their time to leave. That was your time to say goodbye to that relationship and open up space for other relationships to take place. And this brings me to my last point for today, which is clients don't last forever. And I think the quicker that you can get your head around that statement that clients don't last forever, you'll be able to set realistic expectations for yourself, making sure that your mindset is ready for the change that your business is about to go through. So like I said earlier, people don't like change and not all clients will feel like you are the provider for them anymore 
once you go through a period of change. And whether that period of change is bringing on new team members to help with the fulfillment, or whether that change is slightly changing your perspective and your scope of services, you might niche down even further, or you might slightly change your service packages because it meets your needs better, but it doesn't quite meet the needs of the client anymore. Growing pains happen in a business because of a variety of reasons. And if we are to continue to grow and evolve as an individual, as a business owner, and, you know, move our business into a more mature state, then our mindset has to be ready for that. Your mindset has to be ready for that. So when you're making these big decisions in your business, whether it is increasing prices, whether it is a slight shift in service focus, whether it is bringing on new staff, you have to be prepared to lose a client or two when you go through change. But you need to open your heart, wish them well and send them on their way with bouquets of flowers and boxes of chocolates because they've just opened space for your business to take on that next amazing client. Your client that is ready for the change that you've just stepped into is out there. And when you release one client because you've outgrown one another, there will be another client just waiting on your doorstep to walk in because they're ready to work with a more mature business. They're ready to see that your prices is what they place value on. Because truly, there are people out there who place value on price. If you are too cheap, they think you are the budget option. But when they see your prices are more at the higher end or premium prices, they have an association that you're providing a premium product. But we have to feel okay about that as the business owner. We have to move away from our imposter syndrome about who am I to raise my prices to moving into a level of confidence that you're delivering a quality premium product and you have the opportunity to charge a premium price for that product. So sometimes we outgrow our clients. Sometimes our clients outgrow us and it might not have anything to do with you raising your prices or you employing a new fulfillment team member. It might have nothing to do with that whatsoever, but that change was the trigger for them to make their next move. So this is the things that you don't know. You don't know whether they've been thinking about making a move for a while. They just haven't got off their butt and done something about it. But the moment that you make that change, that's enough to switch the trigger to put them into motion. So don't take it personally. It's just business. And this is coming from a person who used to be devastated when I'd lost a client. But now I am just of the opinion that that relationship just wasn't meant to be. An example of this was an event that we did last year. I did a virtual event for a client. They were a new client. We did an amazing job. And we know this because they told us so. So when they told us that they weren't going to use us again for their next event, I was just a bit puzzled. I was like, 
but you just said that we did an amazing job. We elevated their event from a simple Zoom meeting in a fully branded virtual platform with all the cool good, you know, engagement tools. But what I realized is that it wasn't that they didn't see us as experts at our job or that we did a bad job, but rather they just felt that their organization didn't need the level of virtual event production that we had provided them. That a simple Zoom room meeting managed by their committee was all they needed. So I was glad that I had given them a premium experience. I had given them an insight to having a dedicated virtual platform, having the engagement tools and creating this fully branded experience for them. And they were blown away and amazed and they really appreciated the value that we brought to their organization. But what they realized is they didn't need that level of event production in order to connect with their members and to get their key messages across in their event. So I walked away, you know, extremely happy that they weren't coming back, which is a really weird thing to say, right? Is you say goodbye to a client and you're happy about it because they weren't my client anyway. They weren't my ideal client. Even though I had provided them with a premium experience, it wasn't what their organization needed. And sometimes you don't get this level of insight when a client walks away. But, you know, if you have created that client rapport, if you have that really good client relationship, then you can ask for their honesty. And, you know, and if their honesty says, you know, I, you know, price matters to us. And whilst we've enjoyed our relationship and you've really done a good job, yeah, our price point is our decision-making uh, factor. So, you know, we'll need to find another designer uh, that can provide for us at that price point. And that's just fine. Let them go. Don't hold you and your business back because you want to continue working with that client at the reduced price point. Because eventually down the line, you will be unhappy and they will be unhappy. So realizing the point where you have to part ways is a super valuable thing to be aware of in your business. It's always better to know that this is the parting point for you and your client rather than, you know, in another six months or 12 months time where the relationship isn't as good as it was in the first place and you leave the relationship a little less enthused about one another. So don't be afraid. When you go through growing pains in your business, you're going to lose some clients. It might hurt a little bit to start with, but I promise you, your business will continue to grow and prosper because of it. Before you go today, I want to thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes and you can read a full blog of the episode at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and get new episodes as soon as they're released. 
If you'd like to reach out to me and chat about anything on today's episode or any of the previous episodes on the podcast, then I've got a link in the show notes so you can leave me a voice message or a video message. I really do look forward to hearing from you. Alrighty, have a productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.